0: You're listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Learn about local issues, meet candidates, and find out what we're doing to bring more options to Georgia voters. Now here's your host. Hello and welcome to the Georgia Liberty Cast. I'm Ryan Graham, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Georgia and the host. Uh, Even though I am the chair, I do have to say that the opinions that I mention in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Libertarian Party. Um, That being said, I'd really like to go over what I hope this podcast sort of becomes. Um, I think that there are a lot of different news outlets in Georgia who do a pretty good job getting the news out, but not really from a libertarian perspective. Um, For instance, the first story we're going to end up talking about is Senator Isaacson dropping out of the Senate. And when the news media in Georgia covers it, they start talking about... Well, how many Democrats are going to be in there and how many uh, Republicans are going to be in the race? But it leaves out the fact that it's a special election. There's no ballot access requirements for anyone. So how many libertarians are there going to be? How many Green Party candidates are there going to be? How many independent candidates are there going to be? Uh, It's pretty important to get that perspective. Uh, The other thing that I notice when I'm listening to different podcasts or news outlets in Georgia is, is... There's always the expectation that the state should provide the answer and it just gets assumed where, you know, I want to scream at my radio that there's another way. There's a better way. There's a libertarian way. And so I want to kind of do that in this podcast and make sure that we're getting our opinions out there as well, even if less people listen to our podcast. That's fine, though. Um, So as I said, the first story I want to talk about is Senator Johnny Isaacson is retiring from the Senate at the end of 2019. Uh, he cited health challenges. Uh, he had announced prior to his last run that he actually has uh, Parkinson's and so I guess that has been uh, continuing to be an issue. He also had a recent surgery on his kidney um, that he's recovering from and I guess that maybe that's going a little harder than they expected. Um, Neither here nor there. He's doing what's best for himself, and um, I, I think that everyone should do that, and everyone should respect that. So, um, yeah. So the, 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 the interesting part about Georgia politics is that is where we go from here, though. So Georgia Code stipulates that the governor gets to appoint an interim th- through until the next general election. And so that interim is, is, uh, could be anyone, really, um, as long as the governor appoints them. And then the next general election is 2020, and that's when the special election will happen. So <clears throat> there's a lot of names kind of going around um, you know, from the, from the mainstream media. Uh, AG, Chris Carr, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, Sonny Perdue. Um, So we'd have two Purdue's in in the Senate at the same time, which would be pretty interesting. They are cousins, by the way, not brothers or any other thing. (coughs) Excuse my cough. Um, Yeah, so where was I? Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that the the Democrats, the people who have announced for Senate for Purdue's race, um, they've all stuck with it, they said that they're going to stay as Ted Terry, Teresa Tomlinson and um, Sarah Riggs Amico they're all going to stick with that race so it's kind of, no one can tell who's going to run, Stacey Abrams already came out and said she isn't Um, I know I have a list of um, five or six libertarians who are interested, sniffing around, um, but they're not really sure which race they want to go into yet or when they're going to pull the trigger on it and so I'm not really allowed to say, but know that there is some interest out there. Um, and if there's anyone out there, uh, listening, who's interested or know somebody who you'd like to, um, you can shoot us an email at podcast at LP Georgia, L P G E O R G I A.com. Um, and we'll be able to, you know, reach out to whomever or reach out to you and let you know how you might start that race. Um, so the the interesting thing on there is that when Kemp appoints the interim though, um they're going to he's going to find somebody who wants to run in 2020 um in the the special election so that they can run as an incumbent because if you can have an I next to your name in an election, it it's a bump, it's an automatic bump especially for Republicans in Georgia for statewide offices. Um I don't I don't know what I think if if the Republicans will run somebody else. They don't really have the ability to to tell anyone no. Um, it it's a special election, and so therefore multiple Republicans can sign up, multiple Democrats, multiple Independents, mo- multiple Libertarians. Um, it's called a jungle primary. There is no no uh, general primary for that. It's just everybody's in the same November twenty twenty election. Um, so. I would be willing to bet there will be multiple from every party, except maybe us. It just depends on how interest is. Um, So I'm interested in in seeing how that goes. There are... um, So Senator Isaacson, though, it's worth noting that he's he's not been the best libertarian over the years. Um, I... shane hazel who is the um host of the rebellion likes to cite the new american constitutional rankings and basically isaacson only only votes with the constitution 54 percent of the time Uh, and that is uh, abysmal that i mean it's better than a lot of democrats but you know that's not a very high bar so um as i said there are no announced libertarian candidates but we do need them so let us know if you're interested um, you'll have to basically file FEC paperwork. We'll help you with all that. You have to announce your intentions before you can raise money. Like officially announce your intentions through the paperwork um, to get going. And the filing fees are uh, five thousand two hundred and twenty dollars, I believe. So um, <clears throat> if you want to run in Purdue's race, you have to come to the convention and get nominated by the body of delegates. Only one person will win. Um, we don't do we don't do a primary, so. You have to come to our business session, get nominated, and then um, the delegates will vote yes or no, essentially, on you. Um, and if there's anybody else, then there'll be some debates, and and uh, that's how we select all of our offices for regular elections. For the special election, uh, <clears throat> there is no requirement to get nominated at a convention, but you do have to have approval to run as a libertarian from the executive committee. So it's a little bit easier. All right. We're going to move on to the second story. Um, the second story is on voting machines. Um, recently, the Coalition for Good Governance uh, created a petition and kind of a coalition of organizations who are worried about vote, the voting machines in Georgia. You guys know that it's been such a hot topic as we move from the old Diebold machines into the new ones that are um, still touchscreen, but they provide a, a printed ballot with a barcode, which is the major problem. Recently, when they were testing these uh, machines, they, they all they did was test them for functionality. They didn't test them for security. Um, and the Georgia Code requires that they test for security, uh, among other things. And we're, what we're saying is, what we're signing on for the Coalition for Governance is, is saying that, um, that the security wasn't tested, they need to retest it. So the Secretary of State has agreed to retest but they also came out and said that there's no point in doing it. So they're not feeling, uh, you know, there's no telling what they're going to do uh, if they're going to do it correctly this time. You know, they didn't think it was important enough to do it last time. Um, but we're we're going to go from there. Uh, it's been a good good uh, coalition for us, or it's been a good good partnership for us. Um, getting out in front of some of these uh, ballot issues that have been so important to Georgians. Uh, and making sure that you know, every, every person in Georgia has a voice and is able to vote and, and their votes get counted correctly is important to the libertarians. Uh, and so we are going to keep backing those organizations that are um, making sure that every Georgian gets a voice. All right. Um, so the next story is <clears throat> red flag laws. So, for those of you who don't know, red flag laws are basically laws that get put in place that allow the government to come in and take your guns if you show certain red flags. Usually, they are things like um, uh, if if you say certain things or if you are mentally unstable in some way, then basically, like your neighbor can flag you and and you know report you and then. A judge or of the police can take your guns from you Uh, and then they'll you know they they do the due process later so um, Trump has now famously said take the guns first then due process Uh, a lot of libertarians can see the problem with that Uh, due process is guaranteed in the Fourth Amendment and guns are guaranteed in the Second Amendment so it's blatantly unconstitutional But politicians these days are talking very seriously about it. Um, And it seems like Republicans have typically been on our side with this. But, you know, as I said, Trump famously said that then due process other uh, other prominent Republicans like Dan Crenshaw, among others, have have basically backed it, uh, backed red flag laws, essentially saying that as long as it's a Republican branded red flag law, it's okay, And we should all think it's okay because they've been good on guns. But. I mean, I don't care how you brand it. If you're going to take my guns, you're you're being unconstitutional. Uh, and that's why people really need to fall, uh, support the libertarians, because we believe that gun laws are illegal in all form and fashions. I did get a chance to talk to some um, representatives from Georgia Carey, um, and they seem a lot less worried about Georgia in particular. Passing any gun laws, Kemp... <clears throat> ran a campaign on uh, guaranteeing us our gun rights, and uh, he, he doesn't really show any kind of um, intentions to go back on that campaign promise. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. We're we're in a pretty good place, I think. Um, you know, it, it starts getting a little concerning when you have things like uh, HB2 in the House <clears throat> that was constitutional carry, and it couldn't even get a hearing. But uh, the Georgia carry folks are, are pretty pretty okay with that because it's it's basically the the person who was sponsoring that bill uh is matt gertler and he's not exactly popular with the establishment so they don't they don't do things uh for him essentially and so if somebody else was carrying that bill it probably would have actually got a hearing because georgians are typically good on guns so uh even though uh that's true the libertarian party of georgia wanted to make sure that there's more of a voice out there protecting gun rights so we passed a uh, resolution as an executive committee uh, and the resolution served three different goals and in what we did was we resolved to condemn any and all such red flag law legislation and ask that any current efforts to enact such legislation be dissolved and that any currently enacted legislation be nullified And we demanded accountability of law enforcement officials to honor their oath to uphold the Constitution by refusing to enforce such legislation. And we ask that all sheriffs and other elected law enforcement officials publicly condemn this legislation and state their intentions in regards to the enforcement of it. The last piece is pretty important. So there's a a sheriff out in Colorado who has already come out and basically said if there's a red flag law in his state, he is going to ignore it. I'm not going to take anyone's guns. And what we're asking is that sheriffs here in Georgia do the same thing. They need to condemn it, and they need to say that they're not going to enforce these laws. Because we know what happens when people enforce these laws. They show up to innocent people's homes to steal their property. And what happened in Baltimore very recently was uh, an older guy got shot. He got killed because he came to the, he came to the door with his gun, and the police saw it as a threat. As happens... And they shot and killed him for for nothing, essentially. Um, so, you know, we're, we're asking a lot here, I think. Uh, but we're asking that they uphold their, their oath. <clears throat> All right. On to the next story. And it's the, the final one. Uh, something that's not getting a lot of press is that we are currently in a lawsuit for ballot access. A lot of people do not realize that Georgia has some of the toughest ballot access laws in the country for any districted race requires five percent signatures just to get on the ballot and um that's five percent signatures for u.s house is about uh 20,000 valid signatures and that's invalid means that they are um registered voters registered active voters so you can go door to door but 20,000 signatures is is just a it's a ton and so we have a lawsuit right now or we're suing the Secretary of State in federal court on behalf of uh, all U.S. House candidates, independent, third party, um, everyone but the Democrats and Republicans, essentially, to kind of get that reduced. Uh, in, the, in the past, the Constitution Party and the Green Party have sued in the same way for president, and they had the, the requirement reduced from 1% of the vote. Uh, of the active registered voters down to 7,500 uh, signatures, which is amazing, is is way easier. Uh, for reference, there are about 7.5 million voters in Georgia, which means that would be about 75,000 signatures to get on the ballot, um, and instead it's 7,500, so it's, it's huge. Um, so in our lawsuit, we filed a motion for summary judgment, and as did the Secretary of State. We're basically asking the lawyer to go ahead and rule based on the facts that they have. So we've both brought witnesses forth, filed declarations and depositions, <clears throat> and uh, court hasn't started yet, but we've got all this in there. And we asked the judge to say, you know, to just go ahead and, and you know, make their, uh, assess the situation and make their ruling. And so if, if they rule on behalf of, of the Secretary of State, essentially nothing will change. If they rule on behalf of us, then we're not sure what'll happen. It, you know that, That's the thing is it'll either be decreased amount of signatures to, to zero or somewhere between zero and the 20,000 that it requires now. I'd imagine it would be less than the 7,500 required for president and statewide as it's districted, but we're not really 100% sure. What we are sure of is that, essentially, the judge is going to... We've presented some some very good evidence, and the judge is not going to be happy with going with the Secretary of State. It's going to be reluctant, and it's going to be based on precedent. If they go with us, it's going to be pretty scathing as well. So I think we have a lot of ammunition going forward, regardless of what happens. Um, And we also have a bill in the State House to help change the law down to a max of 200 uh, 200 signatures. So hopefully that gets passed too. And this lawsuit is kind of meant to be, or can be meant to be, ammunition for that as well. Just like, let's get this changed, let's stop wasting everybody's money, um, and let's open up the ballots for anyone who wants to be on the ballot, because Georgians should be able to vote for anyone they want, and they should be heard. So um, we filed our motion for summary judgment, and we've all filed responses, and responses to those responses. It's taking forever. Um, but that's all over now, and we're waiting on the judge, and the judge is uh, not giving us any kind of date, so we're just waiting. Um, if we're not granted summary judgment, then we're going to move on to a trial, and we'll, we'll have to continue on. Uh, the Libertarian Party of Georgia is sort of operating on the assumption that nothing will happen yet, and it will be 20,000 signatures to get on the ballot for a U.S. House candidate. <clears throat> In my opinion, <laughs> um, I think people should be running for lower offices than that, where the requirements are lower. So for Senate, it requires about nine. You, for state Senate, <clears throat> requires about nine thousand signatures, and for state house, about two thousand. Um, as far as the lawsuit goes, our lawyer has offered to to do all of it with. Um, he's waived all of his fees. He's doing it pro bono for us, but we still have to pay out of pocket expenses. So all those depositions and declarations and all that. Those are costing money. Well, the depositions are. The declarations don't, I don't think. Um, thousands of dollars, though. So we think that <clears throat> we're estimating that the costs are going to be between $10,000 $10, and $15,000. we have raised uh, $10,000 right now, and our goal is 15000 So what we need is for people to go out and donate money to our lawsuit. And you can do that by going to lpgeorgia.com. Same as earlier, l p g e o r g i a dot com. And at the top, there's like a one of those thermometers with fifteen thousand as the goal, and we're at about ten five. So go there, click on it, contribute anything you can—ten dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars. Um, every little bit counts. Please, please, please go out there and 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 donate. That's it for this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe to us. Please review us on. Um, itunes and spotify and stitcher we're everywhere that you can be and we need we need reviews out there to make sure people are listening to this if you have any ideas or anything you want to talk about if you want to be on the podcast um, email us at podcast at lpgeorgia.com you've been listening to the official podcast of the libertarian party of georgia The theme song for this episode was Metal-Tania by Kevin MacLeod, released to the public domain through freepd.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. You can email the show's producers at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're a libertarian in the state of Georgia, don't forget to find your local affiliate at lpgeorgia.com.